I'm Rico. And I'm Jessica. And this is the Always the Critic podcast where a couple friends review the latest movies, except we literally have zero qualifications to do so. Jessica, today we're not reviewing a movie. Hell no. No. No, we're not. not. (laughs) We are doing something pretty big. We even brought some special guest in for we it we needed backup we needed yes, the we full se- team to assemble here yes we did. yes uh, speaking of assembling uh <laughs> we are doing a draft and to explain it i'll explain it in just a second but the first thing i want to do is i want to introduce our guests here uh the first guest that i'm introducing he has been a guest on the show multiple times already so he he's part of the family uh we're joined by jake christie from the mc university podcast jake how you doing today i'm doing great this is my third time on the podcast it's such a fun time shouts to shouts to the people the florida podcast luminaries in the world you, you hold you still live there you're holding <laughs> it down for me yes we are <laughs> holding it down here uh, in central florida uh shout out to everything that you did uh with uh fundraising that you did Thank for you. southwest florida with mm-hmm. everything that ha- happened with hurricane ian so uh check out jake's uh social media feed yeah there's all the stuff is still up you know obviously exactly. uh it's not as dire of a situation thankfully things have gotten back on their feet quicker than in previous hurricanes but uh yeah if there's just hit me up on social media if you're looking for anywhere to donate if you're so inclined exactly so not only do we have Jake, but we also have the Matt Stairs of the Potosphere, Dalbin Osorio. He is from Badlands, TOJ, and Murphy's Multiverse. Dalbin, first time on the show. How you doing today? First time, and I hope not the last time. Yes, that's <laughs> what I like to hear. But I'm super pumped to join you guys. And a little bit about me, just so you know, when I was a kid, I used to think that all movies and TV shows were connected. So this is the best podcast I could ever jump on. So I'm super excited <laughs> to be here with you guys. So uh, for those who don't know, if you don't look at the title of the podcast episode, uh, we are doing the MCU in non-MCU movies draft. Yeah. So just to explain it to people real quick, uh, basically we're going to take turns drafting movies in which there are at least two members of the MCU actors or actresses. Uh, and we're not choosing any of their actual MCU movies. So uh, it is a snake draft. So if you go last in the first round, you go first in the second round. We're going six rounds. So everybody will have six movies that they're going to be drafting. Yeah. Here's some of the rules. So like I mentioned, the movie you draft must have at least two members of the MCU. The MCU shows count. So if the show's been released on Disney+, Plus, it's eligible. So people along the lines of Haley Steinfeld, uh, Owen Wilson, Ethan Hawke, etc. Uh, the movie, the MCU movie or show must already be released to draw from. Mm-hmm. So that means no Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it hasn't officially been released. And no Quantumania or anything that's upcoming. Mm-hmm. So there's certain actors that we know are coming, yeah. but we can't draft them yet because the movie hasn't been released. Mm-hmm. Um, no Fox or Sony Marvel movies. And they must appear in the MCU mm-hmm. in a movie or show to count. So no Hugh Jackman, Jennifer Lawrence. James McAvoy, Jared Leto, etc. There's some other names in there, but and finally, we're only drafting movies. We're not drafting TV shows because that's a whole another can of worms. So only movies. So, any questions from anyone here at the round table? Uh, no. I have a question quickly. Are how are you keeping track of it? Because uh, I don't see. Uh, do you have? Are you keeping a running list? Just because I don't. I want to make sure that none of us accidentally step over someone. That is a great question. I do have a Google Sheet, which you'll see in the doc momentarily. Perfect. And you'll be able to see 
who's drafted what so far. I I also ask because I'm the king of the Google Sheet. Everyone knows this about (laughs) me. Uh, And so, yeah, I appreciate it. Of course. So uh, now it's a matter of deciding who is going to have the first pick. So and, you know, what order we're going to go in. So here we are. I am doing this randomly on uh, random dot org mm-hmm. uh, to see who gets first pick, second pick, third and then last. Uh, real quick, Jake, uh, I don't know if you've ever done a draft. What would you say would be the best spot to have in a draft like uh, this? in a draft like this? I would say um, first is probably the best just because I feel like since it's all mo- since like the category is so big in YA the one you want the most is more important. Whereas like when you get to like rounds four and five, it's not really that much valuable to be second or third. Like I would say that yeah. first and last are always the most valuable in a serpentine draft. Yeah, I, I think so too. Well, I have just released the order. I am showing it to the camera. I don't know if you guys can see it, but Jake has the first <gasps> pick. Uh. Jess, number two. I am number three and Dalbine is number four. Oh, uh. So that is the order of the draft. Uh, so Jake is going to get us started. So what we'll do when we announce our movies, when we draft them, uh, we'll say what MCU actors and actresses are in the particular yep. movie. Then we'll say the name. Okay. And with that said, Jake, go ahead and get us started. Yep. You have the first pick. Lord. Who are you taking? Okay. So there are movies that I think are objectively better than this. And there's one movie I might actually like more than this, but this is one of my top five movies of all time. It's a movie I watch when I get home drunk in any situation. It's a comfort movie, despite the fact that the subject matter of it is incredibly not comforting. It's got Michael Keaton, Mark Ruffalo, Rachel McAdams, Stanley Tucci, (laughs) John Slattery, and Brian Darcy James. Did you forget Brian Darcy James is briefly the Hawkeye TV show? And that is, of course, 2015 Spotlight. It's once again, I know that that's not, that's not there are movies that are going to be picked that people like more than that, but it's, that is the, if I didn't get spotlight, especially knowing that it's going to be seven more picks before I pick again, I would be so untrue to myself. So, <laughs> uh, spotlight, love the movie. And it really is in terms of base, almost every person with single card billing is in the MCU, which is like if Billy Crudup was in the MCU, <laughs> it would be everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I I have that on my list um, and pretty high on my list too. So uh, seeing it go number one is a little bit of a surprise, but I love it too. A great movie though. Like it's a true journalism movie. I went to school partly for journalism, so like really sp- speaks to me. Uh, but yeah, that's still a great choice. So number one pick, Spotlight by Jay Christie. He he's making that pick. Wow, Jess, you are now on the clock. What are you choosing for your first pick? I so I did some research. Some is an understatement to get to this point, <laughs> and I thought this movie can't possibly be in the running. It can't possibly have at least two MCU actors and actresses in it, and I was totally surprised that it did. So I'm gonna go with Jurassic Park with Sam yeah, Jackson. Yeah. Jeff Goldblum and Sam Neill. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's anybody else that are not nope, as big as those it. stars. Okay, cool. So those three. And I'm taking it off the board. It's my favorite movie. Just like Jake said, it's a comfort movie for me, even though it's yeah. killer dinosaurs. And I don't care. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was high on my list. Yeah, that was really high on my list. 
I'm like staring at my list right now. I'm just like, okay, what's going to be left when it's my turn? Uh, luckily, it is my turn now. Oh, God. So, man. I, so, luckily, I don't have to wait too long to come back to my pick, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. Um, so, what I'm going to go ahead and do, the movie I'm going to draft. I know I'm, it sounds like I'm like filibustering here. <laughs> and it's because I want to make sure that I have my list in front of me. So that way I'm looking at it correctly. Okay. All right. So I've decided. Uh, with the my first round pick, I'm going to go with a movie. It is a sequel slash reboot of a franchise. Ugh. It stars Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, yes. and Tessa Thompson. I'm going with Creed. Uh, I mean, this – honestly, I kind of oh, – I kind of like it more than Rocky – almost like rocky's great do not get me wrong but creed really hits like these notes throughout the movie that just it's made for this generation obviously i'm part of this generation (laughs) and it's just such a great performance by all three of them Mm -hmm. that i'm i'm still mad that sylvester stallone didn't win Mm -hmm. best supporting actor that Mm -hmm. year he lost to mark rylance Mm -hmm. uh but other than that I think I, I couldn't go wrong with choosing Creed here. And your boy Ludwig on the music? Yes. Come on. Shouts to Ludwig. Yes. Yeah. I'm excited to hear the new Black Panther score. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh, I can't wait. I cannot wait. So that brings in Dalbine. Uh, you've been sitting quietly. <laughs> I think you've been preparing, ready to like get knock us off here. Yeah. I Well, I have. And, and it's interesting because Jake went with his drunken choices, drunken movie choice. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't expect to be spotlight. Let me tell you, I, it's just a comfort <laughs> movie. And I, I, it's honestly the main reason I said drunken is because that's usually when I when I want to watch a movie that I've seen a million times is usually when I'm drunk. If I'm not and drunk, you, I don't want to. I want to watch something new usually. And you say to yourself, "I want to watch the Catholic Church get brought down to its knees," and I can respect <laughs> that. Yeah. I'm going to go with my drunken choice, and then I, and and this is the benefit of going four and five, which is why I, I I threw my hands up when I was like, "All right, you know, it's good to go back to back." I'm gonna I'm gonna go with my drunken choice. It has both Rocket Raccoon mm-hmm. and the gentleman who shepherds Loki through the multiverse. <laughs> it's Wedding Crashers. Oh, <laughs> oh, and Rico. I, oh man! And I will watch that every time I come home hammered. I will. Watch I mean, that. it's also got it's also got Rachel McAdams. Yes, so it's got three. <laughs> yes, see. And Jake, on that note, for number five, because I'm going to go with somebody with a, a movie that has three also. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to go with Just Mercy, Michael B. Jordan, Jamie oh. Fox, oh. Brie Larson. Okay, and it, and it is I, and it's a story. So I saw I um the story the I saw uh, Mr. Stevenson, the guy who the story is based on. Uh, his his brother was given a, like just a talk in D.C. and I and he blew me away, man. And it was just an amazing performance. Um, and it's one of Michael B. Jordan's best performances, in my opinion. And it's a movie that's just really really well done. It's an amazing story. It's one movie that I still haven't seen. I've been Rico! meaning to get around to it. I, know. <laughs> I saw it on a plane. But also, I will say, because I feel like I'm going to be doing this a lot, there's a fourth. Tim Blake Nelson's also in it. Yes! Because <laughs> I have a document of every movie I've ever seen, which is a surprising thing to no one who's ever met me. And so I went through all of them, and I marked which ones had multiple, and that was a four spot. It's not on my final list, but it was a four, it's a four bagger. Four bagger. Quick question. <laughs> <laughs> four bagger. Jake, um... Are you on Letterboxd? I am, but I I don't like like to... I don't really use it because I don't need... I 
what how much I like a movie is actually the least important. I don't really care that much about that. Like that's something I don't actually like mm. to discuss. I like the ephemera of who's in what movies and all that. That's the thing yeah. I but I'm actually not that interested in when I watch a movie that the question I ask myself last is what do I rate this out of five? It's like whatever. I did I like it or did I not like it? Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. So we are past the turn. We're in the middle of the second round. It is my turn once again. Uh, to remind you, I did take Creed in the first round. Here in the second round, man, a pleth- you know, a plethora of choices. So I am going to go with a movie that stars uh, a man named Matt Damon mm-hmm. and Don Cheadle. Mm-hmm. And I am going to go with the 2001 hit Ocean's Eleven. Damn. Yeah, That's the right I mean, the, yeah, this is a Stone Cold classic. The performances are all great. I love this movie. I return to this movie often. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so many memorable lines, so many memorable scenes. I mean, I, I don't think you could have gone wrong if anybody would have chosen Ocean's Eleven here in the second round. So, yep. So that is my choice here in the second round, Ocean's Eleven. Wow. All right. Uh, Jess. Back to me. We're back to you. All right. So you took a major one off of my list. So I'm going to take a major one as well with our our dude Matt Damon mm-hmm. and actually Ray Winstone and that's mm. the departed. Oh. Also Vera Farmiga. Vera Farmiga. And Vera that's right. And and James Badge Dale. That's four. Yep. Oh my gosh. That's four. You see? That is four. You Look see? At you. Look at that. That that's a good one though. Mm. The departed. Yeah. Uh sneaky underrated there in in this draft. <laughs> uh Yeah. Because it's a lot of small, it's a lot of small, like it's a lot of not that significant uh, people in the MCU. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. So, all right. So that was Jessica's pick. Mm -hmm. And now we're back to Jake, Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. now gets to draft two in a row here. Right. And just in case, I did put the sheet in the doc. You could click on it. It'll open. Uh, So. So this was my other one that I – because I said that there were two movies that applied here that are my top five movies of all time. And this is the other one. I'm glad I was able to get it. It's got uh, Don Cheadle, a.k.a. War Machine. It's got John C. Riley, a.k.a. Corpsman Day in Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> and it's got Alfred Molina, who comes back and spread my noy home. It's Boogie Nights, baby. Fucking love oh, the movie. Boogie it's one of my favorite movies ever <laughs> made. A uh, it's a That's masterpiece, a and I'm so glad that it, that it fit. I was staring at that movie and I was like, oh man, if that falls to me, like I was thinking third round, if yeah. it falls to me in the third, that's a great yeah. place to take Boogie Nights. But of course it didn't fall no. because Jake. I, it's one of my great, favorite movies. Great uh, and I think that John C. Riley in it is one of the funniest performances in a, in a non like straight comedy, although it is a comedy, in a non like goofball comedy, it's one of the funniest performances anyone's ever done. Uh, oh, it's fantastic. Well, that leads us to your very next pick. And this is one movie that is not funny at all, but it is related to Spotlight, and it's also a journalism movie. You got Jake Gyllenhaal. You got Mark Ruffalo. Yes. You got Robert Downey Jr. Yes. Zodiac. Oh, yo- oh. Damn it. Shit. Oh. <laughs> I, I, I'm not I even lo- lying. That's a crazy that one, nice. too, That because I went through the cast list, and it is just the top three are all MCU people, and then no mm-hmm. one else is. It's not like there's a demon deep in the bench that's an MCU people, so... <laughs> It's all MCU guys. Um, I, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s like last great performance before Iron Man. Um, I mean, I think about it all the time. It's also, honestly, also my top 10 favorite movies. Uh, if you haven't seen Zodiac, remedy that ASAP. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's it's one of those movies that it kind of leaves you with a sense of dread 
because of the fact of this subject matter and them never truly figuring out the case. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jake Gyllenhaal, that last scene, oh man, it's just wonderful. Chef's kiss, great acting. Uh, that is that's a great choice. Uh, so now it's we're back to Jess. Okay. Back to me. Yeah, it's back to you. I'm going to go with another comfort movie since we're just... I mm-hmm. mean, this is, this is my one of my personal favorite movies. And it's got Tom Hiddleston, Rachel McAdams, and Owen Wilson. Mm. Midnight in Paris. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On my list as well. Also Love has Corey it. Stoll, but you know. Yep. The, you Stoll, see? <laughs> he plays Hemingway. Yellow oh, Jacket God. is in it. Yes. Mm. Yes. Yellow Jacket <laughs> is in Midnight in Paris. <laughs> I feel like doing that the rest of the way is like mentioning the characters. <laughs> yeah, Yellow Jacket. I was going to um, do that initially, but I decided not to because I'm like, that's uh, my bits are already going to be too much of a preamble. So, <laughs> no, dude, I, I would say away. yes, do it. Okay. Yeah, right, yeah, speak it. away. Uh, Midnight in Paris. I recently rewatched it when I had COVID back in June uh, because I was like in my bed. I rewatched it and I was like, man, this movie is really, really so good. good. Yeah, it is so good. Um, obviously, you know politics aside or anything you know going on outside of the movie um owen wills owen wilson's performance is fantastic um i love marion cotillard in there uh just overall a very good movie to just Mm -hmm. throw on and just relax and have fun with. it's so dreamy i love it Mm -hmm. yes yeah it is Mm -hmm. very dreamy and as a former english major like it just you scritches all the right itches you know (laughs) (laughs) with all all of the literary like Mm -hmm. you know people Oh, that's a good one. (laughs) All right. So it is wrapped around to me now. It is the third round. And yeah, there's so many movies. I I think what I'm going to do is I am going to go with a comedy. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't have a comedy yet on my list. Um, This movie has Paul Rudd and (laughs) Katherine Hahn. This is from 2004. No. 2004, you know Jake already, (laughs) and that is Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy. Yep. Uh, Yes, I mean, that right there, it's like (laughs) the human torch was denied a bank loan. (laughs) (laughs) Just all the jokes, all the funny stuff. I'll never forget because I saw this movie in theaters, Mm -hmm. and I'll never forget the the brawl that breaks (laughs) out halfway through the movie. And just like I was with my dad and we are just dying laughing. We're looking at each other. It's like, what are we watching? What the hell is going on? (laughs) Oh, it's such a funny movie, though. I I truly love that movie. And I'm so glad that I was able to take it and nobody else did because that's between that and Wedding Crashers. Those are my two favorite comedies. So Dalbine already took one. So I was like, he can't take another one from me. Yo, what's so. the name of that like cologne that he uses? Sex Panther. Sex Panther. Sex Panther, and then the Panther noises in the background mm. kill me every time. What it was? It works. <laughs> it's been known to work sixty percent of the time. Sixty percent of every the time. time. Every it works time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ron immediately answers, "That doesn't make sense." <laughs> oh man, but such a good movie. Uh, I will watch it any chance I get. And introduce it to people because it's so stupid but hilarious. <laughs> All right. Dalbine, you are back to go back to back again. All right. Where are you going here in the third round? So, And I'm, I'm, I'm going to start because you took Ocean's Eleven and that was an excellent pick. But did you know that there is another Ocean's movie that has two MCU <laughs> folks in it? 
And that is Ocean's 8 with Hella yep. and Aquafina mm. from Shang-Chi. And, yes. and let me tell you, when they first announced Ocean's 8, I was like, man, I was like, I don't know if that's going to work. But it worked. <laughs> and it worked really well. And it's one of the movies that I enjoy. I enjoy very well. And I'm glad that I could get it here. Because when you took Ocean's 11, I was like, well, I got to take a heist movie anyway. Like, heist movies just do it for oh. me, you know? Yeah. Um, heist movies, great to Right, choose. right. Uh, and I had another heist movie in mind. Maybe I'll come back to it when I come back around. But my my next pick, and this one stars The Winter Soldier. Mm-hmm. Luis, okay. mm-hmm. Doctor Ooh. Strange, mm-hmm. Baron mm-hmm. Mordo, who mm-hmm. should be oh the God. future Shocker, and oh. Fake Loki. It is the Martian. And mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> good choice. It's the Martian. And, and it is, and and like Jake, I too have a document yes. of all the movies that I've seen. Um, yeah, it was on my list. <laughs> and. When when Jake when Jake sent me the instructions, I said I was like, oh, I was like, I know exactly. That was the first one I went to. I was like, hopefully nobody <laughs> takes it in the first couple rounds. So glad I got it here too. I, I feel like I'm building a strong team here. Oh yeah, that that's a really good movie, and I know that it kind of came out at the same time as like Interstellar. Like they were very close. Mm. So like, there's always conversations like which one's the better space movie. Mm. And it's just what mood you're in. Yeah, pretty I, much. I I did I, I looked Interstellar does not qualify. Uh, I just I wish know. I did I, I did close. go deep on it. Uh, it is not. Yeah, uh, yeah. So so that is your fourth choice, man. We're like burning through this pretty quickly here mm-hmm. uh so i it's my turn now we're we're back here in the fourth round i'm looking at my big board there's a lot of great picks still left up you know mm-hmm. up here so i'm gonna go one for me mm-hmm. like this is just a fun movie love watching it it has captain america mm-hmm. and it has captain marvel Mm-hmm. It has the two of oh, them, and we're talking yes. about Scott Pilgrim versus the World. I knew it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, what is there to say? I love that movie, and I remember. So this is how naive I was back in the day when this movie came out in 2010. So I was seeing advertisements all over this place for this movie, and it's because I used to watch like the same three channels. So mm-hmm. I thought, oh man, this movie's gonna be huge. And so then when we went to the theater, <laughs> me and my brother, not that many people opening nights. So we're like, yeah, maybe it's other nights. And then I see the opening box office numbers. I was like, woof. <laughs> it, it like just barely made it over $10 million opening weekend. And that's when like theaters were actually a thing. So I'll never forget that. But it was such a fun time at the movies. I love the lines. Uh, Chris Evans just having like all the bodyguards basically <laughs> do all his work for him. Uh, that's fun. I love. Oh, the song that Brie Larson sings. Yeah. Uh, in the middle, they finally released like a full version of it. Uh, last year, no, I think earlier this year, a full version of her, a full cover, uh, which everybody's been pleading about for like the last twelve years, and they finally <laughs> did it, and it's actually really good. So yeah, that. What else can I say about Scott Pilgrim versus the World? If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's such a fun movie. So. That brings us to back to me. Okay. I will go with another favorite of mine, and that's starring Jon Favreau, Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr., and Scarjo. It's Chef. (laughs) That's a good one. I love Chef. And it's like a mild Miami movie as well, Mm -hmm. which makes me feel good. And they got all the right, it just like is a warm blanket of food porn and 
great camaraderie between what seems like old friends, like in and outside of the movie. So it, I just love it. I love and everything about it. There's another one. Bobby Cannavale is also in it. That's four. <laughs> yep. He plays uh, the the new uh, stepdad, he plays, yeah, pretty the much guy, an Ant-Man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. He's uh, the healthy stepdad. The one of my favorite character arcs that I have. That it's I like, know. oh, you want the stepdad to be mean, but no, he's a good guy because people he's are fine. good in the real world. <laughs> yeah, he he welcomes Scott yeah. into the family. He's a good person. Exactly. <laughs> um, I remember I watched this movie off of a recommendation by Jess because yeah. Jess had talked it up so much, and I was like, okay, let me give this movie a shot. <laughs> and I went in, and I. Immediately, I was like, wow, this is great stuff. I love the just the preparing of the food yeah. and just watching that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the most unrealistic thing, though, in this movie <laughs> is Favreau uh, having an ex-wife who is Sofia Vergara. It's Sofia Vergara. <laughs> and then he's kind of dating ScarJo. Yeah. I can't tell. Yeah, he's uh, got a, like a fling happening like, with ScarJo. Yeah. I think that celebrity chefs are someone who like date well above their class just because they're both wealthy you think it's the food food. thing i think it's the food thing yeah i think i think it's a combination of both so i think that like while i think that it might be a little bit unrealistic i guarantee you if you find like a celebrity chef like (laughs) i a a joke that my brothers and i have had and i swear this is not like that we've joked that in new york city you i I would if i would go to any bar i would not be surprised if i saw bobby flay just with like six beautiful women in the background you know what i mean like it just would feel right because i feel like there's something about like a guy who's like a real man's man who's a chef who's rich i feel like you can do really well with that but once again i think that scar joe and sofia vergara are maybe a little bit that is really punching above your weight class and i will and i will say so like remember i said that when i was younger i used to think that every movie and tv show took place in the same universe so favreau i had just happened to see on the episode of friends where he starts dating monica and he's the billionaire so then i see him here and i'm like is this how he became a billionaire he became a chef like what's going (laughs) on And at that time, he was like Courtney Cox. He was like, "Come on, <laughs> mm-hmm. oh man, uh, that's." But that's a great choice, Jess. Chef, great movie. Uh, if you like food, definitely check out that watch movie. Watch it. It's, yes, watch. If it. you don't like food, watch it, and it'll make you like food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we are at the end of round four. Jake yeah. has the honors right. of getting us out of here so i'm realizing that all the ones i have well boogie nights is pretty funny but it does involve a double murder suicide so i i want to have something that's purely light and (laughs) this is a movie that i think is one of the most underrated movies the past like 10 years it's a great romantic comedy and it's got uh someone who made a brief appearance in the post-credit scene dr strange the multiverse of madness it's got uh no jimmy woo and it's got ulysses claw I'm talking long shot from 2019. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Not bad. Not, Not bad, bad at all. all. I never in a million years someone would pick thought someone would pick I long love shot. that movie. I Talk about genuinely it. love the because I think the thing about it is I like when movies make the thing that people joke and make fun of about them text. And I remember when that movie was coming out, everyone's like, "Oh, another movie with like a big fat guy making him fall, so fall in love with a beautiful woman." And I'm like, fair but also that is the text of the movie like the whole movie is <laughs> what would the circumstances need to be in order for seth rogan to fall in love with this beautiful successful woman and i think that that is like a it i thought it was a very interesting way of approaching a problem that movies have all the time but also at the same time recognizing that like there are plenty of that i guess the thing about it is and i might just be completely you know uh a sap for these things that when you actually watch the movie by the end of it 
I personally don't think you have those questions anymore. Like, oh, I absolutely understand why these people are together. They clearly love each other. Also, Seth Rogen, especially now that he's lost weight, is not that bad looking. Like, it's not that crazy. <laughs> um, and so I love I love that. I think that the comedy about, like, government is really, really funny. Um, and I think that, I don't know, it's just a very, I think Charlize is incredible in it. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, if she was going to get an Oscar nomination for that year, it shouldn't have been for Bombshell. Uh, and so, uh, I don't know, I... It is in a, in a world where they just don't make good romantic comedies anymore, and the reason they don't make them is because this movie made no money. And I'm sorry, I didn't see it until it was streaming, so I'm part of the problem. But I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just a, more than anything. I wanted to shout it out because if it's a movie that you were just like, ah, whatever, it's a dumb Seth Rogen comedy. One, I think Seth Rogen's comedies are generally good, but I think it's so much smarter than that. I think Jonathan Levine is a really smart director when it comes to emotion. I think Fifty Fifty is also really a movie that really is a good emotional comedy. And yeah, I really recommend. Uh, Long shot, and it's it's definitely you know my favorite movie that involves someone uh, jerking off to their girlfriend making a speech uh, on the laptop. <laughs> definitely my favorite movie that that happens. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. Not about the jerking off thing because that's sure. probably my least favorite part of the movie. But no, no, it's, it's, it's not my favorite re- part of the movie. It's my favorite movie that that happens in. <laughs> okay, okay, there's gotcha. a distinction. There's, there's a, a distinction. small, but there's, but the, the thing is, the Venn diagram on that is not like very large. I know that's the joke anyway. I'm making. Um. <laughs> I agree with you. The movie's really smart. And it's so sincere. Mm -hmm. You don't come out thinking that this didn't work because it's Mm -hmm. absolutely delightful. I I think it's Mm -hmm. a great movie. So definitely watch it if you haven't already, guys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We did an episode on that a long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. And it has a really good cover of Moon River by Frank Ocean as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which, oh, yes. after watching the movie, I was like, I need to add that to my playlist because that's so good. <laughs> it's also, speaking of Andy Serkis being in it, he plays, like, basically Rupert Murdoch, but not under, like, a million layers of makeup. Yeah. And he's so good because he just – and it's like, Andy Serkis, you're – you do all this, like, motion capture stuff. You're a director now. Where were you when you were studying up on Rupert Murdoch? Like, shouts to you, man. Like, he just completely I, – I don't know. Shouts to him for really uh, putting in the work. But um, Yeah, I know. He did. Well, he always puts in the work. Exactly. But I'm just like, where do you get the time, man? Because, uh, you That's know, true. making the freaking Jungle Book movie and then Venom 2. Anyway, uh, <laughs> my next one is a very, is a dour movie. So I had to put Longshot first. It's a movie, The it was the first movie I saw in theaters after the 2016 election. It is uh, one of the, one of my favorite movies ever made. It's one of the greatest movies made in the, 20, in the 21st century. It has Hawkeye in it. It has Zuri in it. And it has Dr. Nicodemus West in it. It's a rival. Oh. Shit! Fuck. Damn it. Shit. That's a really good That choice. was literally <laughs> what I was going to go for. I can't, Oh, man. I'm so mad. Okay. Damn. That's a good one. It's. That's I don't really know good. about you guys, but I saw it. Like I said, it was the first. It was because it came out right after Trump. And the thing that's crazy about it is that if you were to just describe what the movie is and who directed it, you'd be like, oh, that probably made, what, like $20 million? No, it made $100 million in the United States. It was a huge movie. And I feel like we don't talk about it enough. I think that Denis has made a lot of great movies. I think I really like Dune. I like Sicario a lot. I, I, I think it Blade Runner 24. I, but I think that Arrival is just like... It's perfect. Because it's, a, it's a, like I said, it's a very like, serious movie, but it has, in its own way, an incredibly positive, uplifting message, but yeah. not in like a sappy way, in like a... Isn't it crazy to th- consider that if we actually just communicate with each other, we're capable of anything? And I love that. It was it was so worth it when it came out, and it just has grown in my estimation since. Yeah, it's a movie that I remember thinking when I left the theater, thinking this might be the best movie I've seen that year in 2016. 
And I still hold it in high estimation in 2016. It's my best picture winner for 2016, for what it's worth. Yeah, because what ended up winning? Uh, that was Moonlight, which obviously Moonlight. Moonlight. Moonlight, and then that was a fiasco with the La La yeah, Land. The, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the fiasco. Uh, yeah, uh, Arrival, great choice. Uh, man, the thing is, the we're all going to be loaded on our lists. Yeah. Like, because there's so many good movies. Just a quick question, just to take a poll of the room real quick. I know I said six rounds, mm-hmm. right? Does everybody have like more than oh, that? Oh, yeah. Yes. Like, I have enough to go. Like, more? Yes. We can keep so going. I. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we could keep going if we want to. Yeah. Right? Let's keep going. Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's, say, let's say 10. <laughs> let's say 10 and just because that's a nice round number. I think that's a nice round number. Okay. On the fly. We're changing okay, it bet. to 10. Nice. All right. So Jess, fifth round. Okay. It's your choice. All right. I've got Natalie Portman and Sebastian Stan. And I don't know if there's anybody else, but those are the two. It's Black Swan. Black Swan. Yeah. yeah I think that that's a choice. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I love it. Yeah. Um, so th- did you see it in theaters? So or? this is what happened. So I saw it. I think um, I definitely saw it by myself and on my laptop. So I don't know if it was like bootleg or whatever, but I watched it by myself. I was terrified of it. It really fucked me up. And I never watched it for years and years. And then finally, earlier this year, I was like, let me rewatch it. I adore it it's brilliant and i i was like why haven't i been re-watching it all these years after that initial shocking first watch and i regret like wasting all this time not watching black swan because <laughs> mm-hmm. i think it's really brilliant the performances are haunting and some of the you know kind of mirror work that they do is um great i love that kind of shit where they're like tricking you Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love it. I, I just adore this movie. I'm so glad Natalie Portman won an Oscar off of it. And it's worth it. It's worth a watch at the very least. Oh, for sure. And uh, that is a movie that we kind of like to bother Jess with a specific <laughs> term. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, but why just, you got to bring that up? Sorry, like, come on. Sorry, I just have to. <laughs> uh, because the type of movie it is, it's a psychosexual lesbian thriller. It is. And so that bothers just like it that like- <laughs> sequence of words just uh, it doesn't feel right it to me. And the thing so- about it is, th- despite how many syllables it is, it's a pretty big genre. There are a lot of movies that fit in that genre. Yes, <laughs> yes, it's yes, a sub sub genre, and there's a lot of movies that fit in that category. It says a lot about the people who have been greenlighting movies that so many of those movies exist. But you know, <laughs> oh, oh, that's a different podcast. For sure. so- I just want, I don't, we don't need to talk about that. But that was just a thought I had. That is a thought. So Black Swan by Jess. All right. So here in the fifth round, I don't think I can let this movie fall any further. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's already fallen kind of far. I've been kind of like toying around, messing around. And I don't want to, you know, I don't want to fuck around and find out and then (laughs) not get it. So this is arguably my favorite movie of all time. Mm -hmm. It stars Christian Bale, Uh. David Dasmalchian, Mm -hmm. and Chin Han, Mm -hmm. who is (laughs) briefly in... Uh, Captain America the Winter Soldier. I am going with the Dark Knight. I knew it. I mean, I I kind of had to take it. Yeah, like it was um, on my list. It was high on my list. And I, as the draft was going, I was like, so okay, surprised no you didn't one... take it sooner. I I know. I I was kind of messing around. I shouldn't have messed around so long. Why are you trying to be fresh with it? Just take your pick. Like just take my yeah, movie. Take exactly. the movie. I mean, w- what has been said that hasn't already been said about this movie? I mean, Heath Ledger's like amazing performance, uh, the best Batman movie, mm-hmm. just yeah, you know, yeah. period point blank. Um, 
and it really just kind of made superhero movies kind of what they were at least in the dc route like they kept going like that gritty thing it was like oh the dark knight was gritty we have to do that well that's not really what it was going for it was more going for a grounded approach and there was actual like you know a message behind what they were doing and besides nolan when he originally took on the batman project it wasn't that that he wanted anyway he wanted to do uh um howard hughes Mm-hmm. Uh, an eccentric, you know, millionaire. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wanted to tell that story, but of course, you know, that was already being done by Spielberg at the time. The so, aviator. By know, Scorsese, actually. But Or oh. Scorsese, sorry. Martin Scorsese. So, you know, he just goes to the very next eccentric billionaire because, of course, you choose <laughs> Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and do you know so, who was originally going to do Batman before him? A little person we just were talking about. You know who it is. Darren Aronofsky. Yes. Aaron, yeah, Darren Aronofsky, he like, Batman. But pitched then, it and everything. But yeah, then after the fountain bombed and his pitch was weird, they went with Nolan. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it's so, Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Yeah, it's Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> exactly. So that is my fifth round pick, The Dark Knight. And so that brings us to Dalbine. Dalbine, fifth round pick. So where, and, where are we going? And, and the good thing, about again, about having back-to-back picks is that I get to hear who you guys, what you go, and I'm like, okay, well, they didn't touch this and they didn't touch this. So I'm going to go with, I'm going to start with Hawkeye and the Scarlet Witch mm-hmm. solving murders on Native American yeah. land. I'm going with Wind River. Yeah. And I think, and, yes. and Elizabeth Olsen, I think is one of the, just a really talented actress. Like a lot of the mm-hmm. movies on my list are with Elizabeth Olsen. Like she's in a bunch of them with other MCU actors, but she crushes this movie. And mm-hmm. fun fact, John Bernthal, the Punisher is also in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that gives me three as a triple Jake, not a four bagger. It's a triple. I I, I I will say this is not the time and place for it, yeah. but it, there is a discussion to have about whether the Netflix things count. And my answer is no, personally, Fair. but... But they are now but, on but, Disney but, Plus, so... That's a good point. That's a good point. And that's a good point. Well, well, I think it's, it's an open question. Until Daredevil Born Again comes yeah. out, the, yes. it's an open yes. question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then once that right. comes out, we're exactly. done. You know, then, 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 yeah, then that's exactly. it. Um, yeah, Before yep. we get to your sixth pick, let's do a quick recap of where everyone stands let's do it. halfway through on this draft here. So, Jake, if you could take us through your picks here right. on your side. I got Spotlight. I got Boogie Nights, Zodiac, Longshot, and Arrival. That's pretty good. I feel good about <laughs> that, actually. That Yeah, that's a pretty good list. Jess, how about you? I've got Jurassic Park, The Departed, Midnight in Paris, Chef, and Black Swan. Yeah, that's that's also a really good list. Yeah. I had the third pick. I went with Creed, Ocean's Eleven, Anchorman, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, and The Dark Knight. Shit. Yeah, that's uh, it's That's another strong. really good list. Yeah. And then Dalby. And then I went with Wedding Crashers, Just Mercy, Ocean's Eight, The Martian, and Wind River. Wow. I'm really liking those choices. Very eclectic choices. Those are choices that uh all of them are pretty strong movies. So, like, I really am enjoying, like, those picks, which, by the way, it is now the sixth round, and you start a song. That's right. Here. And I'm going to go with what I think is at least the best heist film of the last, like, 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. And it's one of my favorite movies. And it stars Bruce Banner and our good sis from you know, who falls in love with Seth Rogen, but also now is trying to seduce Stephen Strange, Charlie's Theron. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> I'm going with the Italian job. I'm going with the Italian job. Oh my oh. God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh. It still holds up. Still holds up. I think it's an amazing movie. Um, you know, Donald Sutherland is a legend. You know, I think he's good. Mm-hmm. He's, he's the man. I'd love to see. You know, I, I he's. It also has yeah. Edward Norton, who I don't think he counts. No, he does. He does he count? Does. The uh, okay. Incredible Hulk is in the MCU. Yeah, 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 yeah. I got. I, you you got to count him. And, and 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 you know, despite all the damage he did to, to, to the Incredible Hulk with his eccentricities, <laughs> I, I think here, I think the fact that he steals all of the all of the other uh, thieves' great ideas and and takes them for himself, I think it holds up. But it still holds up. The driving is dope. It's the only reason I want a mini coupe. <laughs> so yeah, they had a moment for that. But if my fair fun fact about that movie, and I'm Rico, I'm not sure if you're aware of this. <laughs> that because you feel like this might be a piece of pop culture ephemera you know as well that Edward Norton only was in that movie because of a contractual thing that he had yeah. a certain amount of pictures that he had to do for the company and the deal was okay you have to do the Italian job and it's like he was basically being forced legally to do that movie and he's still really good in yeah. it <laughs> and he's still amazing yeah. <laughs> oh, oh wow. yeah. yeah Italian I, job I is such that. a Good movie, and I recently rewatched it, and I'm so also, in love with it. I do want to say, it technically speaking, Seth Green has a cameo at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy as oh, Howard. That is true. That is true. <laughs> that is true. That is very true. The Napster. So, he's the real Napster. <laughs> he is. Oh my goodness. All right. He stole oh, my stereo. <laughs> yeah, the bit with the amp did not. That hasn't aged well. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Oh, okay. All right. So now it's my turn here in the sixth round. Again, a lot of good choices here. Um, I don't think I want to risk this movie going far. Uh, this movie stars Ethan Hawke mm-hmm. and Julie Delpy. It's my favorite of this oh, trilogy. Oh, no. And I'm taking Before Sunset. People oh. forget Julie Julie Delpy is in Avengers Age of Ultron for like two seconds. People Has forget. that one line she says to Black Widow. Yeah. She's like the teacher of the school or yeah. whatever it is. But, yeah, this is my favorite of that trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, I just love they're at the midpoint of the story mm-hmm. that they're telling between these two. Um, and... They're both, you know, in separate relationships, but they, you know, meet in Paris and they spend the entire movie talking. That's that's the entire movie. And just the fact that these two people were able to pull this off, not only in the first movie in in uh, Before Sunrise, but also here in Before Sunset and then in Before Midnight in the third one. Um, but, yeah, this is pro- this is my favorite of the three. I remember when we did me and Jess did an episode uh, for I think it was like my birthday last year, not this one, where we we went through our movies, mm-hmm. our favorite movies from each year of our lives. Mm-hmm. So like we went 1987, 1988, mm-hmm. so on. When we got to 2004, the obvious answer in a previous time for me would have been Anchorman. Mm-hmm. But I actually went with Before Sunset uh, just because it, it hit me emotionally so hard when I saw that movie mm-hmm. that I just rose to the top of the ranks for that year and it's a movie that i have looked back on and i actually want to see again because it's just such a phenomenal piece of work my favorite fact about that movie is that you think they're just kind of doing this off the cuff and that none of the stuff that they're saying is in the script but that's not true at all this this is meticulously rehearsed ahead of time so that they come in and they can just sound like they've 
been talking for hours and it sounds extremely natural. So I appreciate the level of dedication and craft that these two people have to have to come into this and just sell just words to us. They're just talking the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Mm-hmm. All, All right. right. I'm Jess. Off. Oh, wait, no, oh. sorry. Jess is up. Sorry. I, I is it my turn? Track. Yeah, it's Jess. <laughs> okay. I'm an idiot. Uh, <laughs> Lord, I am going to take another favorite of mine. I grew up watching this movie and I quote it sometimes like an idiot. I don't know if I'm, I'm in good company here. Maybe I'm not. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't be so self deprecating. Okay. It stars Russell Crowe and Jamon Hunsu. Mm-hmm. It's Gladiator. Oh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Let's yeah, go, totally. Jess. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I adore Gladiator. And I, yeah. again, like I quote it all the time. And there's stupid things like <laughs> the frost. Sometimes it makes the blade stick. Like stupid. Like nobody <laughs> remembers that line. No, I Everyone's don't, out good. here quoting are you not entertained (laughs) and i'm like here with the deep cuts um i think russell crowe has never looked better than he does in gladiator yeah and i love the what is it swords and sandals Mm -hmm. movies and this is like the best of them in my opinion it's very good modern times for sure true absolutely true for sure and i can't remember where i read this or saw a behind the scenes thing that they were like yeah we basically just kind of put this movie together by the skin of our teeth oh yeah the script was like not done and we were Mm -hmm. starting filming and we just kind of like pushed it all together and it turned into this absolute masterpiece oscars and everything and i appreciate that as well like the procrastination and the level of like mad genius that happened on this movie it was like a perfect storm that's ridley baby ridley scott is just the king of just like well he'll do that and he'll still like be have the yeah, day wrapped at six until you get home for dinner, man. He's the best. <laughs> oh, yeah, but freaking Oliver so Reed died during a drinking contest while filming the movie, which is a yes. rest in peace king for that. If you're going to go, go in a drinking contest in Malta. I mean, that's a way to really gonna <laughs> die. But, man, that's a great movie. That's much one of those movies where it's like, it is exactly as good as people say it is. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it. I didn't watch it, you know, when it came out. Mm-hmm. It took me years later to finally watch it. But when I did, I was like, oh, this lived up to the hype for sure. Yeah. Best picture and everything. Best actor for Russell Crowe? Yeah. No. Or did uh, he yes, win yes, the next he won. Yeah, he, no, yeah. he won for that. He didn't okay. win for A Beautiful Mind. There we go. Gotcha. Yeah. So, yeah. So, great movie. Great choice, Jess. Uh, really forming that squad <laughs> yeah. over there. Mm-hmm. Jake, okay. rounding us off here in so, round six. I didn't want to take this just because it's the most obvious movie in the world. And to say you like this movie, is is it's almost like saying you like chocolate. Uh, when you're in a film person. <laughs> but no one's taken it, and it's the sixth round. I knew uh, it. And it has Samuel L. Jackson, Tim yep. Roth, and Ving yep. Rams in it. It's Pulp there Fiction. It the I knew it, it. The fact that it apply because I, I told you guys before, and I'm telling the audience now, I'm only doing ones of three because I wanted to challenge myself because I, I don't know, my list, my list was too big to start. And the fact that Ving Rams is technically speaking in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 for two seconds, that makes it a three-bagger. And so... <laughs> I'm sorry, I I didn't want to because once again, being a, especially a straight white guy saying you like Pulp Fiction is really dicey. But um, <laughs> it's a great movie. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I mean, so Jake, mm-hmm. do you want to know me and Jess's opinion of that movie? What is your opinion of it? It's poo poo. I don't oh. like that movie. Oh, I really <laughs> and, like it. <laughs> and I watched it really late in mm-hmm. life, like maybe like so a couple of years ago or so. And we yeah. covered it on like a one of our like blind spot episodes mm-hmm. where we watch. We're just as our mm-hmm 
we're going through our days. We watch movies that we have supposed to have watched at some point in our lives. And we talk about them. And that was one that I had watched. And I was like, I don't get it. Like, I literally finished the movie and was like, what am I missing? Like, I didn't Mm -hmm. feel any type of way. And people were like, the dancing scene. No, that's not what I like about it. I like that people say clever things to each other. That's really kind of the beginning and end of the movie. Yeah, and it was just a lot of iconography and just vibes i guess was mm-hmm. what i took away from me and yeah, it wasn't vibes. enough for me to like say that's a great movie i should have watched this 20 years ago mm-hmm. so i feel bad in saying that no, i never I- want to like b- you know belittle anybody for their film opinions because like it's your opinion it's whatever you like it doesn't matter also the thing is I think Pulp Fiction is safe in the film bro canon. I don't think that one or two people not liking it. Like, yeah, I also, it's exactly. not, it's not my, right. it's probably like my third favorite Tarantino, but the other ones don't apply. Uh, don't have yeah, three exactly. people in them. Um, True. But I, I think that it is just like, a lot of the scenes are just really fun and funny. And I think that there is a level to like, a lot of the stuff that's become iconic, I think has become iconic for a reason. I think that a lot of the, um, just the interplay with Sam Jackson and uh, John Travolta is incredible. And I, I personally am a big fan of the interweaving stories thing. Um, and I don't know. It's just like it's it's such a singular movie that I, you know, I don't love it. It's like some other people, which is why I took it later than, you know, someone <laughs> else might. Um, but it also is one of those things where just like if I was listening to this episode and I realized <laughs> that Pulp Fiction counted and we made it this long without anyone taking it, I'd be like, Okay, come on, guys. Like, what are you doing? Like, this is right. stupid. Yeah, no. I was staring at that movie on my list because I was like, do I take it in, you know, late yeah. in, in one of these rounds? Uh, so someone took it. So, yeah. listener, don't worry. Is <laughs> this a, is this a stupid question or maybe very obvious? What do you think is inside the suitcase? I think that it is just uh, money. I don't think it's anything that crazy. Or diamonds, maybe. I think that uh, – but obviously the point of it is that you're not supposed to know. Um, right. You know, yeah. I kind of yeah, like yeah. asking that question. Like, what what the hell you think is in the suitcase? Yeah. And it's obviously it's like a litmus test. I, like, the reason I think it's just like diamonds or money or something like that is because of the guys that uh, Vincent Vega and Jules Winfield are. The thing that would make them is would be money. Like they're not. The thing that would shock them would be just like a shit ton of diamonds. Like they're not. They're all business about crime. It's, they're not. I don't know that th- it would be enough. Maybe for me, I wouldn't have the reaction if it was just a ton of money, but I'm also not like a career criminal. So I think that that's kind of why <laughs> I don't think it needs mm. to be anything super special. Fair enough. Nice. Fair enough. So that brings us back to it's, it's uh, round seven yes, it's to again. you. Okay. Right, this one is a movie that this comes out in a movie that people, I mean, a year that people say is the best movie year of all time. And there are a lot of movies that are classics that come from this year. And I had never, I never really heard a lot of people younger, like my age, talk about this movie as a classic. And I kind of just t- turned it on because I heard it was a great performance from this actor, an actor who's an actor who played Loki. It also has Jan Rog, Hella, and Pepper Potts. No, no, no. the talented Mr. No. Ripley. Shit! Oh, that was my next pick. Oh my god, my. Dude. Well, you should have taken it. I don't know what to tell you, man. That movie blew me away. I'm like, how is everyone just like? Yes, I know the Matrix is great, but like the talented Mr. Ripley, in my opinion, is my is far and away my favorite movie from 1999. I think oh. Matt Damon's performance in it is like. Even though I, I think that the Matt Damon Leo argument is a dumb one because it's like asking what's a better what's better an apple or an orange they have different purposes. <laughs> but when people always say like, well, Leo's the one who's a good actor, it's like, no, no, you haven't seen Talented Mr. Ripley because Matt Damon and Talented Mr. Ripley, in my opinion, is as good as any Leonardo DiCaprio performance. Not mm. not that yes. I think that it's better than, but I think that like Leo's best performances are as good as Talented Mr. Ripley. And <laughs> I, I think it's just an Jude Law is unbelievable. One, he's incredibly hot. 
and just the way this is that, peak Jude Law. I the maintain way, this. I think all the time I hear in my mind where the way he delivers, like you're so boring, Tom. You're just so boring. It's yeah, so, I love fucking love that movie. I'm glad I was able to get it. I'm a little sorry that you didn't get it, but also seventh round, baby. If you get it, you get it. Seventh round. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, and then we have like an amazing performance by the late uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah. Oh my. Tommy, uh, Tommy, Tommy, Tommy. How's the peeping? Tommy, how's the peeping? <laughs> Oh man, so like the entire movie is just just well crafted and just well acted by everyone. I still remember like the the interacting the interaction on the beach mm-hmm. when like he runs into him, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in quotation marks, and it's like yeah, we went to we went to school together, Dicky, yeah. and all that, and just like the way he like just burrows himself mm. into these people's lives, it's. Fantastic. It, I, I and I think that like, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow is also great in it. Kate Blanchett's great in it. Speaking of another late Philip, Philip Baker Hall's one scene at the end is incredible. Mm. Um, I think it's just it's a, one of those movies that like I feel like as someone who you know didn't wasn't around in the nineties really. You know, I was born in ninety six. That I feel like there are certain nineties movies that are told are essentials. And when I, this movie is not one of them. And when I saw it, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Like, what do you mean? Like, this is as good as any other 90s movie. Um, So shout out to Anthony Miguela, Gone Too Quick, uh, and just a truly masterful movie. uh, And I'm glad I was able to get it. Great job, Jake. Great job. Like, that is a steal in the seventh round. One that Jess and I were trying to do here. (laughs) But uh, speaking of that, Jess, uh, we're back to you. Uh, where are you going since now you can't go with the talented Mr. Ripley? Uh, um, I will probably go with, oh man, where should I go? I will introduce the first animated movie into this mm. list. It has Jeff Goldblum, Michelle Pfeiffer, and Patrick Stewart in it. It is The Prince of Egypt. Ooh. Yeah. I haven't seen that since I was real little, but I've heard I've oh, heard it's I've heard one. it holds up. It's magnificent. Since you were real little in 1999, thanks for making the rest no, of us feel old. I'm sorry. <laughs> I never intend to do that, but I I definitely saw it when I was like I don't even think I was, I think I was probably too little to see it in theaters if I'm being honest. Um, but yeah, it definitely uh, it was one I saw when you know. But think about animated movies as a kid; you never know which ones are actually good and which ones you just saw. Anyway, no, 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 it holds up. It's stunning. The uh, animation style the illustrations are beautiful the voice acting is top notch and i think ultimately the music is also what sells it it is very grandiose and you can listen to it like we just jam out i don't, I don't know about you guys but like i have prince of egypt on a certain playlist and we just jam out to it <laughs> and it is very uh replayable and it's it's just really well beyond what I think anybody expected from like a biblical story kind of being put to an animated feature film. Like that just didn't. I, I had no idea that it would be this, especially perfect. as a non Disney movie. Because before, like, well, that was like a whole drama yeah. too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's funny. Of course, me being me, I haven't seen the movie since I was little, but I know about all like the backstage stuff with Catherine yeah. Bird and all that shit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It was a fiasco. That is a great choice. Um, mm-hmm. That was one thing that I was kind of wondering whether I or not I was going to do was going to do the animated route. 
But at the end, there's just so many movies that kind of like left the animation kind of uh, the, the big side. thing about animated Not on purpose. The but big thing about animated movies, which is why I think it's hard for them to qualify, is that most animated movies, if they have celebrities, it's only like the top five, and then the rest of the people are all voice actors that wouldn't be in other stuff. Whereas with a movie like, for example, you know, uh, let's say Pulp Fiction, or yeah, with Pulp Fiction, is like twenty five named actors who are in the movie <laughs> whereas like if you if you look at like a pixar movie yeah the f- main cast is actors like real actors well not real actors but you know like famous <laughs> actors i know i didn't mean it yeah. like that but then Hanks, like but like you know the bit parts are voice actors who aren't really in live action stuff exactly yeah it does make it a little tougher uh but yeah all of the movies that i have like in the top mm-hmm. you know in my top 30 of my draft board um are movies that I truly, truly want to draft. So, yeah, so a lot of animation just kind of fell off. I will there. say Prince of Egypt has a really big cast. It's really extensive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because does. Jeffrey Huge. Katzenberg's wanted to pay for his movie to be big. <laughs> and that's really, and it, it worked. And he got it. Yeah. He got, he got it. it. Yeah. So that was The Prince of Egypt by Jess. Jess here in the seventh round. All right. So it's my turn here in the seventh round. Um, I'm looking at my list. I don't have like a true, well, outside of the dark Knight, that's kind of like my superhero movie for my list. I don't have like an action movie, mm-hmm. you know, like a true action. No. So I'm going to go once again, Matt Damon. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And, and, uh, you know, Baron Zemo, mm-hmm. Daniel Brühl. I'm going with the born ultimatum. Mm. Yeah. Uh, this is my favorite of the three yeah. born movie. Well, the, the original trilogy, if I say, uh, there's a lot of stands for legacy and stuff like that. So you're surely hi, Jay. Chris, nice to meet you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think nice I think you, Ultimatum is better. I think that Legacy is about tied for supremacy with me. And Ultimatum is the best. But anyway, exactly. So Ultimatum uh, kind of wraps up the Jason Bourne story. Uh, everything comes back to New York, mm-hmm. uh, but it has one of the most memorable fight scenes mm-hmm. in. Uh, what was the country? But he's fighting uh with uh this agent, and he uses a book to like punch him in the face, mm-hmm. and like it's all this quick cut action. Uh, it's probably the best weapon that he uses mm-hmm. because he's used a magazine, mm-hmm. he's used a pen, uh, and then he <laughs> uses a book. Uh, he uses a towel in that same fight, like a little towel to like stop the like little knives, uh, that are like trying to hit him. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think this is a great way to wrap up the story that you've been watching for the last few years. I saw it in theaters. I was super excited. Uh, like those type of action movies like that, they they kind of don't make them anymore. Not good at least. No. <laughs> you know, like something like The Gray Man, mm-hmm. you know, like that should have been kind of that mm-hmm. f- formula, but it is not a good movie. No, it's not. I wanted it to be, but it's not. If you want but it, it's not. It's not. It's not. Uh, but The Bourne Ultimatum is. That is like a great action franchise that I don't think gets talked about enough. Um, you know, because everybody's always talking, usually either superheroes. And when they're not talking about that, you know, sometimes they'll say like James Bond or Mission Impossible, which again, very uh, worthy. I think the reason why it doesn't get talked about so much is because I think the it's one of those it's one of those 
big Hollywood movies that was good at what it did and then it ruined its genre for a little bit because the quick cutting mm. thing was in the f- camera ang- movement stuff was like it was really good in the Bourne movies and I think it like ruined like five years of action movies and so I think that that's kind of what people are kind of like it's kind of like when J.J. Abrams did the lens flares it's like it was cool the first couple times and then what it created was like oh my god like what are you doing <laughs> I yeah, think the Inception so- trailer also did that with the boo yeah. <laughs> noise yeah yeah <laughs> Um, a, a great example is from an action movie that came out, you know, years later uh, in Taken. I think it's the third one. Mm-hmm. Uh. There is a famous clip of him <laughs> jumping over a fence and the clip is nine seconds long, but they cut 13 times <laughs> in that nine seconds to show him jumping over the fence. And you kind of get that from like, you know, ultimatum with all these quick cuts and stuff like that. So yes, I do. See and of course, the difference the difference is that the quick cuts in Ultimatum and the other board movies are motivated by they're trying to put you in this headspace it would be like to be in the fight. Whereas instead, mm-hmm. they movies in the future used it as a way of covering up the fact that the actor couldn't do action. Anyway, that's just, exactly. that's the uh, that's the actual difference. But people didn't learn <laughs> the that fact that Liam Neeson is old. Yeah, or the fact that Finn <laughs> Jones doesn't want to learn his choreography. Um, exactly yeah. exactly <laughs> so that is my pick in the seventh round the born ultimatum dalbine we are back to you oh man Whew. so i'm gonna go with and now this is and i'll tell you this this is what i think is christopher nolan's best film ever mm-hmm. oh okay it has the black widow mm-hmm. ulysses claw mm-hmm. gore the god butcher mm-hmm. and it mm-hmm. is the prestige and Fuck. and let me tell and you, it, and it has no, Maya Hansen. Yes, it does. Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. if you want to get you know foxy with it, it also has Wolverine. <laughs> I mean, it will <laughs> in two years. Exactly. Right, right, yeah. right. But this and this is a movie, man. That like the first time I saw it, it just absolutely tripped me out. Like I was just yeah. you know because I I think one of the one of the things that I really like about the the Bourne trilogy, the, the original Bourne trilogy, and one of the things that I like about, for example, Chef that Jess mentioned, right? I, like, I like movies that can still surprise me. And mm-hmm. The Prestige still, like, it surprised me, man. <laughs> like, I, I was just, I was blown away by the twist. I was blown away by just just everything. And I and I thought that for me, it was, it was Chris Nolan at his absolute best, um, mm-hmm. you know, where... It's just kick-ass performance after performance after performance, right? Michael Caine just does amazingly in it, you know? And so I, I think it's Nolan's best film, and I'm actually really glad that I got it in round seven. I would have taken it much sooner, but I said, you know, yeah. let me just move it over here and see if I come back <laughs> to it. The thing that's incredible to me about that movie is that, and I don't want to poo-poo anyone who didn't, but I think that the movie, you think, at least for me, I kind of picked up on the twin thing mm-hmm. when I first saw mm-hmm. it pretty early mm-hmm. on. And the thing that's great about it is that like any good magician, Christopher Nolan is a magic filmmaker. All of his movies mm. are magic, uh, magic tricks that he wants you to feel smarter than the movie. He wants to be like, oh my God, no shit, they're twins. But that's not the twist, yeah. actually. The, the twist is the <laughs> yeah. other thing. And I think yeah. that, that is, that's one of my favorite, because I love actually actual magic tricks. Yeah. And one of my favorite things that magicians sometimes do is where they'll pretend like they're screwing up the trick that like, oh, it's like, this is really obvious. Like I accidentally showed you the card, but then it turns out, no, you were looking at the wrong thing the whole time. That he makes it just obvious enough that it's twins that you think that, oh, this is the big twist of the movie. They're twins. Ah, ha, 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 ha. Very funny. But it's like, no, the twist of the movie is that Hugh Jackman's willing to kill himself every single night yes. to make a magic trick, which is awesome. Yes. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. If you, if you have not seen it. A movie yet. from 
<laughs> yeah, if you yeah. haven't seen sorry, it in I'm the sorry, last 16 all, years. Sorry. The thing is, one of those movies, it's impossible to talk about what's great about it without the twist. Because it is all about, it's all about that last exactly. shot where you see all of the tanks. And then we hear Michael Caine's voiceover from the beginning of like, you do, you think you want to know, know the secret, but you really don't. Mm-hmm. And then you see all the dead bodies. Great stuff. Yeah. You want to you be want to fooled. Be fooled. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, we actually just did that episode. We just did an episode on The Prestige. We kind of like looked back at it, its legacy, where it stands, and just going over our favorite uh, you know, moments. So if you want to listen to that, you can always scroll back on your Prestige uh, is such feed. a great pick. Such a great it pick. It was. Yeah. Great pick. Good job. Uh, but he's not done because now it's round eight and okay. he is coming back I, on the bench. I am. I am. And... This is to me the greatest movie ever made. <laughs> okay. Oh God! And you're picking and it I'm now. Picking it now because <laughs> I I was gonna go in a different direction if somebody had taken the Prestige, but now I feel like I I can take the Prestige and this movie, and I I feel like it doesn't even matter what I do for the next two for the next two rounds after this. So this this movie has uh, the Mandarin slash Trevor Slattery. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Iron Man 3. Uh, it also has Dr. Albert Erskine, the man responsible for creating the super soldier serum. It is mm-hmm. lucky number 11. Jesus Christ. Oh, wow. The greatest oh, wow. movie ever made. And I I will say I am Jess in regards to the Pulp Fiction on that movie, but I want to hear your take. <laughs> Go. Yes, that'll be so it. I so let me say I've been counting down the days that Josh Hartnett actually ends up in the MCU. Like I I, I think I, oh. I I think he is I think he is a dude man that like he has been crushing it and like everything after he stopped being casted as like a teen heartthrob in Pearl Harbor and you know taking Ben Affleck's lady and all that jazz. Um, but I, I lucky number eleven like I, I the Kansas City Shuffle the twist the, the I and Jake to your point about the prestige like. I, I picked up on the prestigious twist fairly early, right? Like the, about them being twins. Yeah. But then it was like, oh shit, that's not what it is. Lucky number 11, I didn't even pick up on what I thought was the twist was until the very end. And I was like, oh shit, they got me. I like being surprised by movies, man. And I think it still holds up to this day. And I talk about it on Twitter all the time. If folks follow me on Twitter, I talk about lucky number 11 a lot because I, to me, it is the greatest movie I've ever so seen. So wait, uh, if you do, uh, what, what is what Slevin Clever is his name? Yeah, yeah. Because it's bad yes. dog. Yeah, yeah. By the way, I do just want to note because I'm a sicko uh, that is... It's an all three bagger because Corey stole it. Yes, well. <laughs> Yellow Jacket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, three bagger movies that Yellow he Jacket is. He is the in. linchpin to this episode. It is Yellow Jacket. <laughs> yeah, and he. <sighs> I, 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 I think allegedly he's going to be in number three, so he's going to be back. He's allegedly. There's rumors. There are rumors. There are rumors. Lucky. I will say, I don't want to go into it because, once again, I'm also like just where, like, I don't give a shit what people like. A pithy thing I once said about that movie is that you know how people say that there are certain movies that are written by people who only have experienced life through movies? Oh, God. Lucky Number Slevin is a movie that is only is written by someone who has only experienced life through movies written by people who have only experienced life through movies. It is like a lay. It's like if all you did was just watch Tarantino movies, you eventually write Lucky Number Slevin. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness, that's that's so funny. <laughs> oh is, I, actually, I actually don't hate it. It was it's an enjoyable movie, but it is like it's so much of what it is, and I can understand why someone would love it. It just it definitely once once we got to the end, once again, once again, he, once he said his name was Slevin Calevra, and you're like, okay, that's that's not a name. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, lucky number Slevin by Dalbine here in the eighth round. So. It's my turn here in the eighth round. I mean, I might as well take it. Um, this is one of the greatest movies in the 90s. 
uh, arguably the best movie in 99 if you're not counting oh. the talents of Mr. Ripley. No. Uh, it has uh, Red Skull. Yep. And Dr. Bill Foster. Mm-hmm. I'm talking in The Matrix. Yep. Uh, yep. It lasted this long. Yeah. You know, <laughs> might as well take it. it. It's pure value here in the eighth round. It's insane. Another it, it, it came down. Another this movie far. that is as good as people say it is. Because I didn't see it until yes. I was an adult because I wasn't grown enough to watch it. And by the time it kind of, by the time I would have seen it, the sequels had already come out and the bloom was off the rose. And I watched it when I was like 20, and I'm like, okay, this is the greatest thing in the world. I understand why this broke people's brains. <laughs> it it's the the entire segment of like you know you have everything that's going on in in the world mm-hmm. and all the cool effects and fight scenes all that's cool but the fact that there's that other layer where they're actually battling the you know this empirical you know mm-hmm. tyranny underneath uh to get everybody free of this like just the layers that they have going on and also you know the fight scene with Hugo Weaving and Keanu Reeves is, is just fucking amazing. So like, it's a great movie. Like it's a great movie. Great. Like there's so many callbacks from other things referencing it. Now it's in our lexicon. Yeah. Uh, you know, red pill, blue pill Yeah, for good and for yeah. ill. It's in our lexicon. <laughs> yes. For good and for <laughs> well, ill. It is. in our And lexicon. even, even if somebody were to tell you today, like, Oh, what movie am I quoting? And all they said was Mr. Anderson. You'd know. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. Hugo Weaving Mr. is so good in that movie, and it is. It he has said that it basically was just him trying to do an American accent because he's not American, and it is so perfect because it sounds like a non-American actor trying to do an American accent, but that is the perfect voice for what he's playing. Um, <laughs> yes, very very good point. Uh, and yeah, Weaving, Lawrence Fishburne, and allowed me to pick it so. Joey Pants is incredible at the steam with the steak. Joey Pants? Pants. With the steak? Yes. I know this isn't real. I know the Matrix is telling me that it's juicy and delicious. (laughs) (laughs) So that was my pick here in the eighth round, the Matrix. So Jess, we're back to you here in the eighth round. Okay, so I am going to go off script here and choose something that I wasn't originally going to choose. But I just feel like I should take it off the board and this movie stars Jude Law, Tilda Swinton, Jeff Goldblum, Owen Wilson, Willem yeah. Dafoe, Tony Revolari. Yeah. And that's the Grand Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Let's go, yeah. Jess. Yeah. I love Dalbine it. Dalbeen approved. I am uh, someone who is mixed on Wes Anderson and that is in my tie. That's tied for my number one of his because uh, it's unlike some of his movies. It's uh, it's funny, but it's so good. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. Uh, I love it. That's a movie. I love how beautiful that movie looks. The colors in that movie are just wonderful. Like, um, I think most of the time when we see Anderson movies, like he, you know, he has this very like, you know, symmetrical looks like it's (laughs) symmetrical. It looks like it's a drawing or a painting. But that movie, the the use of color, especially that color purple, Mm -hmm. you know, contrasting with the pink that's in almost every scene just wonderful to look at it's just beautiful um and yeah just performances that are just great and i think yeah i think that's his best one yeah I think it's that's I, the thing best. i like about it is because i 
I've, I'll be honest with you. I, it, he's just one. He's one of those directors that a lot of stuff. I don't dislike any of his movies really, but like, I it's just not really on my wavelength. It's not my type of humor. But the thing I like about Grand Budapest is that it has the very stately design, but the humor is actually like not very sophisticated. It's kind of like slapsticky, <laughs> but not twee in a way that he can be. Like it actually is real slapsticky. It's not. It's it's not like he saw a th- postcard from the 30s and wanted to emulate it. He actually <laughs> wanted to make people laugh. And I think that that works really well when you contrast it with these beautiful sets. Um, and also, in terms of just, like, the amount of MCU actors in it, since it has like so oh, many yeah. fucking actors in it, <laughs> it's like five or six of them. So. Yeah, it's an insane amount. It's ridiculous. Yeah, ridiculous. it's busting. All right, Jess. So that was your choice, the Grand yep. Budapest Hotel. Mm-hmm. Jake, right. it's back to you. This one is the only one I'll pick that has below 50 on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's... This is probably my favorite non-MCU comic book. We never mentioned Rotten Tomatoes here. I know know it means nothing, but I'm just saying that, like, most of my picks have been movies that most people agree are good, even if not everyone here does. But this is a movie that I think... I talk about this movie on Twitter a lot. Uh, On Twitter? I, I think that it is one of the best comic book adaptations ever made. It has Melina, the Ancient One, and Korath the Pursuer. I'm taking 2005's Constantine. Uh, Whoa! I love that. If you guys have not seen the movie in a bit, it is like it. I I love. I watch it like once a year. Um, I think it is one of the most interesting comic book adaptations because it's so not comic booky in a lot of ways, and it's like it's why. I mean, I think that Francis Lawrence is a really underrated director since he was stuck in Hunger Games land for so long. Um, (laughs) But like he did that. He did I Am Legend, and he did the Hunger Games movies, which aren't bad. Um, obviously he did like Water for Elephants and some other stuff I don't need to talk about, but, uh, I think that, <laughs> I think that Tilda Swinton as the Archangel Gabriel is one of the greatest castings in the history of cinema. Uh, Jaiman Hansu's Papa Midnight, who is the man who stands on good, the side of good and evil and owns a club is like, there's just so many elements of it. It has like a mid two thousands prog rock soundtrack, which for me is, you know, nostalgic. Um, Gavin Rossdale plays a demon and he says the words finger looking good in it. There's really nothing not to like about the movie. <laughs> There's nothing not to like. <laughs> There's nothing not to like about that movie. Yeah, they're coming out with a sequel. They are. Am yes. Am I wrong? Yep. That it was in Francis Lawrence's back. Uh, because it's gonna. I think there's the next thing because they just wrapped on a Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, which he's also directing. I think he's gonna do that next. Um, but yeah. So I'm excited for that. Great stuff. Yeah. What's didn't All Keanu right. do an interview and he they asked him what was like a role that yeah. he would love to return to and he said oh, I think I would like go yeah. want to go back to Constantine and John everyone's like whoa yeah. yeah. Also, Peter Stormare is the best portrayal of the devil in the history of cinema in that movie, and I mean it. Where if you don't remember, he he chose his own wardrobe, and he was originally like in black or whatever, like you expect the devil to be. But he's like, no, I want to have like bloodshot eyes, wear an all white suit, be barefoot, and have tar dripping from my feet. And it's like, you go, Peter Stormare, you're fucking crazy, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So that was Constantine in round eight. Yeah. But Jake, yes. you get to go again. Oh, Lord. This is a movie that is a darling, is one of those classic darlings of film Twitter, and it is as good as film Twitter's as it is. It has Russell Crowe, it has Angowry Rice, Ty Simpkins, and Hannibal Burris, who voices a fly, the nice guys. Hey! Oh. <laughs> the nice guys. Oh, that's a good pool. You like that movie a lot, Rico, right? I do. Uh, me and Miguel watched it, my brother, Miguel, and we got a kick out of it. That's so funny. That, it is really funny, and uh, I still remember the scene. It's just so vivid. It's like it actually treats this real-life scenario like with how it, it would actually happen. Ryan Gosling goes to like 
punch yeah. a window <laughs> and like he like wraps his hand and everything but when he punches he goes all the way through and and brings his hand out like he's cut <laughs> all the way up and then like he realizes like oh no and then like he starts to faint and everything is mm. it is bonkers hilarious yeah and that, that, that is happens. where i bought my i bought my angowry rice stock there uh it's great <laughs> experiment movies paid off there mayor of Easton paid off you know my dumbass watch Paramount Plus original movie on for society. It's still paying off, baby. Oh. <laughs> it's still paying off. I got the stock. I gotta watch my dividends. Exactly. <laughs> You're you have pro- you have stock in her. I you still do, to. and it's it, it, I'm gonna keep holding, baby. I'm holding the line. It's like GameStop. I'm holding. Hold the line. <laughs> so the nice guys here in the ni- in the ninth round by Jake Jess. It is back to you. All right. So I'm gonna go back to my script here. No, oh, I might go off script. Your script pick was no. so good. Uh, I will go. I really enjoy this movie. I'll go off script. This is technically off script, but mm-hmm. it's got Matt Damon, Anthony Mackie, and John Slattery. Oh. The Adjustment Bureau. That's underrated. Wow, movie. you are going. I there. Yep. love the Adjustment Bureau. <laughs> mm-hmm. Every time someone's like, I don't know how many times this has ever come up, but I will just go ahead and say every time it comes up, I sing its praises. I love to preach the good word of the Adjustment Bureau. I think it's super underrated and a great like romance. And he has really good chemistry with Emily Blunt. And I just really enjoy the the concept of it. John Slattery sure. is great in it. He is my favorite. John Slattery is great. Yeah. Yeah. He's fantastic in that. Um, yeah, it's a movie that you kind of forget, like even happened. Like it's one of those movies kind of forgotten. Like, yeah. Oh, do you remember it's, that movie, it's a movie where they have to wear the, hats? The guys in the Blank Check podcast call them movies that don't exist. And it is definitely a movie that doesn't <laughs> exist, but it's a good movie. That doesn't mean it's bad. It's just a movie that people just forgot happened. Um, yeah. And yeah, it, a very, really enjoyable movie um, about a Senate race in New York and a ballet dancer, which is not obviously what the movie's about, but it is funny to think that that's what they play. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a simplified way of thinking about it. No, but I, I, I like thinking about, like, they weren't deciding, like, okay, so it's a romance movie about, like, God interfering with romance. Oh, so obviously it's a congressman who's running for Senate and a New York <laughs> ballet dancer. Like, obviously. <laughs> Uh, but overall, <laughs> still very. I'm sorry, good movie. guys. I Sunday nights. I get on my bullshit on Sunday nights. I apologize. <laughs> no apologies. I like either. that elevator pitch that you put together in your yeah. head. Oh, yeah. that's so great. <laughs> so the adjustment bureau here in the ninth round by Jess. Okay, so it's my turn here. Oh man, like man, there's only two picks left for me. Mm-hmm. So it's like there's so many movies on the board. Like how do you how do you decide? So. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna go with my heart here. Mm-hmm. Uh, do, do I love this movie. Uh, this was the breakout role for a certain person, mm-hmm. but she's not in the MCU. But the people who are, mm-hmm. uh, the Tooch, Stanley Tucci, mm-hmm. and uh, Thomas Hayden Church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going with Easy A. Yeah, A. I nice. love. Emma Stone in this movie. I love Emma Stone. I mean, just in general. I also I, I think, think that she's fantastic. Stan- I think I might not be anymore, but I do my Oscars every year for like the 21st century. Stanley Tucci does have a Best Supporting Actor nomination for that movie, and I'm not going to apologize for it. He's so good in it. <laughs> he is. I still remember when like they're at the table, or, and so then all of a sudden, you know, when you grow up and everything, it's like oh, I'm not going to grow up. What do you mean? Uh, what? I'm adopted. And then, like, he slammed the cupboard door. Like, told oh, what? You? <laughs> Who told you? 
or we the, told, we yeah. said we were gonna wait. <laughs> the bit with uh, trying to spell out the word that you said in class. I I just yes. I like that a lot because I'm very critical of parents and movies feeling unrealistic or just being writers trying to get their own grievances about their parents out. And that oh. is a movie where they're like cool parents, but they're not unrealistically cool parents. Like you you could imagine someone having those parents for real, but they it, but it's not like. Is it so crazy that these parents are wacky? It's like, no, they're like grown adults, but they're just funny, you know? And I like that a lot. Yeah, I do. And then, again, this is like Emma Stone's big launching pad of a movie uh, <laughs> because, uh, surprisingly, her first movie was Superbad. Mm-hmm. That was her first movie role. Uh, but this was what launched her into, like, actual mm-hmm. stardom as a mm-hmm. movie star. And now she's an Academy Award winner. Mm-hmm. What was the last movie she was in? The last movie she was in would have been probably Cruella, right? Because she had a baby. Oh, yes. So That's right. Um, mm. yeah, yeah, I can't wait to see Emma Stone in something again. I got a bucket. I got a bucket. <laughs> oh, such a funny bit. All right. So I took Easy A in the ninth round. Dalbine, you are down to your final two picks. Final two picks. And so I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to go one that like it's it's a guilty pleasure movie of mine i really enjoy it um and it still holds up okay and it mm-hmm. stars some of the ladies of the mcu but one in particular when she wasn't a lady she was a young girl okay um mm-hmm. captain marvel oh yeah i know exactly ant man's wife ah yeah Lucy's claw and the incredible hulk 13 yep. going on 30. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and yes. if you want to get multiversal, it also, you know, has Electra from the Daredevil universe. <laughs> <Just> quit. <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> we don't talk about that like we don't talk about Bruno, right? Yeah. No, it's a, exactly. it's a movie, the movie holds up. It is it is funny. I, the, the, it's, and, and Mark Ruffalo has, you know, like he, I think he has a deadpan delivery, like when he's in, mm-hmm. in comedies, but it works, man. It works. And 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 his deadpan makes me laugh. Like, I'm just like, okay, mm-hmm. that sounds like something I would say, Mark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's number nine. And yeah. I feel good about that because mm-hmm. to kick us, to kick off our 10th round and my last pick, mm-hmm. I, I can't believe it's still on the table at this point. It stars... Going back to, and again, I started with The Incredible Hulk, so I'm going back yeah. to The Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. Has Betty Ross. Mm-hmm. Has Hella. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Has yep. Red Skull. <laughs> yeah. Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, Great choice. And, and I'm, so I'm a big Tolkien fan. Um, like, I I think Rings of Power was amazing. I thought the season one crushed it. Um, and there's so much, there's so much that they had to get right for Fellowship of the Ring to work, right? For them to be able to then do what Peter Jackson wanted to do in Two Towers and Return of the King. And I think they hit it out of the park. And I watched, I, I have uh, like the extended editions on, on Blu-ray and stuff, but I, well, um, right? Because who, why wouldn't you, right? Yeah, but I yeah. hadn't seen Fellowship of the Ring in like a, about like a couple of years. I watched it the other day. My God, it still holds up. It still, still holds up. Yeah. So that is, and I feel good about the 10 that I picked. Um, I have some honorable mentions that, you know, I can tuck yeah. away the next time you guys invite me on, but those are the, t- I feel good about my 10. Very good. Very great choice. You're not going to hear any complaints no. from me. No. About I definitely, Lord I, of the Rings. Honestly, I noticed that too, and I would have taken it, but I think those movies are masterpieces, but it is a thing I didn't come to until I was an adult. And I'm like, 
it's going to mean something more to someone else, so I'm not even going to touch them. Because they're not my thing wow. to pick. You know what I mean? Like, they're just not. Like, I know they're objectively masterpieces, but it's like, I didn't watch them all the way through until I was like 21. And so that's... Oh, wow. You know what's Because I because my dad put them on when I was like, when they first came out. And I'm not going to say how old I was, but I was bored out of my mind. And I never really bothered to go back to them until they were on a streaming service. And I watched them all over Christmas after my brothers had gone home and I was still at home from college. And I'm like, oh, these are just the greatest adaptations ever made. No, this is why I don't <laughs> right. about them. Because think about any other thing that is as popular as the books of the Lord of the Rings are. Any other thing like that gets complaints from the fans. Oh, no yeah. one complains about the Lord of the Rings movies. No one bitches about it. They're amazing. And if you want to feel, you know, even younger, Jake. So I saw Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, when you were five. <laughs> okay. Uh, when did it come out? 2001. And you were born in 96, no, right? when in the year? 2001. Yeah, when in the year? Oh, when in the uh, year? Uh, at December, yeah, December. Okay, so yeah, okay, yeah. I would have been five. Yeah. yeah, I was five. Yeah. 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 You're, you're I'm deeply than... sorry, but... Uh... <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I'm not really. No, I'd rather be 20. I'd, yes, I would rather be 26 than older. Yeah, it's true. Very good point. All right. Yeah. So it comes down to my last pick. Uh, there's so many good movies on the board, obviously. Uh, there is one movie that I just want to I want to show it some love. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take it at number 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie does have Killmonger's father, mm-hmm. Sterling K. Brown. Mm-hmm. And it has uh, Jessica Walter's attorney. Renee, oh Renee Elise Goldsberry. God. You're going to make me emotional for some reason. <laughs> and I'm going to go with Waves. Ooh. Uh, this movie, I remember watching it, coming out of it and thinking, my God, what did I just watch? Like, what a powerful movie this was. Um, obviously, like, for me and, and for Jess, like, we have a tie to this movie because it is filmed pretty much in our neighborhood from South Florida. You know, mm-hmm. like there were like road signs that we recognized. There was like they were going down Hollywood Boulevard and it's like, oh, my God, I know exactly where that is. Yeah. And so so that was one part of it. But the other part of it is just that the performances are so strong and the and the story is very powerful of what's happening. And then uh, the girl, Alexa Demi, who's in the movie, uh, she reminds me of so many girls in <laughs> South Florida. Like, she nailed that perfectly, which I kind of think, was she from South Florida? So, like, she knew how how it went. Um, and Sterling K. Brown is amazing, and he is super jacked in that movie, too. Like, there's he that is. scene where him Them and working out are working out, and I'm just like, damn. Like, it's insane how jacked he is. But uh, overall, though, I think this is one of those powerful movies that just goes under the radar – not that many people talk about it, but I think that if you want a movie that's full of catharsis, mm-hmm. definitely check out Waves. It's it's a powerful movie, and I wanted to shout it out, so I took it at my number 10 spot. Nice. All right. All I think right, it's me. Yes. Yep, Last pick, pick, right? Okay. So I would be remiss if I didn't choose something that was kind of more up my alley because I love Korean entertainment, Korean cinema, Korean K-dramas, mm. and all that stuff. So I'm going to go with my boy Bong Joon-ho's mm, yeah. film from 20, 2013. It stars Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton, mm-hmm. Snowpiercer. Yep. Yes. Great yeah. choice. Great choice. Uh, I love Snowpiercer. It's yeah. a great movie. It's incredible. Uh, and Bong is the best. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I was trying to think, hoping something profound other than good movie would come to mind, but uh. <laughs> it, it's a great movie, and uh, just 
seeing that struggle of them going from the back of the train forward and then oh, the yeah. performances by everyone in the movie. Everybody's like pitching. Dialed in. You know, they're dialed mm-hmm. in. It's such a good movie. And then Bong Joon-ho's direction in that movie. Yeah. I mean, obviously we see it later. He gets rewarded with Parasite mm-hmm. for, you know, everything he did there. But mm-hmm. like you see the seeds of it and everything in yeah. Snowpiercer. Yeah, the yeah. class warfare He's mm-hmm. a, on a train. <laughs> he's one of my the perfect people for my the argument I consistently make in any sort of film discussion, which is that uh, subtlety of metaphor is overrated. That people like <laughs> artsy fartsy people love Bong Joon Ho, and it's like Snowpiercer is a movie that's just about literally going through trains where the classes keep getting better and better and better. And guess what? It's really good. You, it doesn't need to be. It's really well done, and it doesn't need to be that subtle. And I really appreciate it. Like I, it, it is such a. It could be so cheesy, right? Like poor people in the back yeah. of the train and rich people in the front. But no, because it's all layered and real and rich. Um, it's great. It's a great movie. That yeah. is a great movie. Great choice, Jess. And finally, Jake, All right, you round so us off. You close us I'm off. I'm between two, and I'm going to go with the one that I think I want people to see. Even though I, am, I think Bruce, I'm just going to briefly run through my uh, honorable mentions when we're done. But this is a movie that I didn't see until last year, and it's a movie that was a gigantic bomb. It cost a ton of money, and it made the director basically like reevaluate everyone to make a big studio movie again. And at the same time, it's also kind of a masterpiece. It has uh, Captain America in it. It has... Uh, What's her character's name in Shang-Chi? I apologize. Uh, it has Michelle Yeoh, and it has Wong in it. I'm taking Danny Boyle's Sunshine. I don't know if you've ever seen oh. it, but that movie is, I think, incredible. Um, it is one of the most original space movies ever made, and I think that it is, like, I don't know, just the way that the... T- it just feels like a movie that was in his head, and he put it directly on screen, even though I don't think that's the case. I think Alec Garden wrote it, but still. Um, I just, I really, really love that movie, and I wanted to make sure, because it's a movie that I didn't, because I didn't see it until last year, um, because you kind of, even though you know that box office doesn't mean a movie's good, I think there's a way subconsciously, if a movie like just is really terrible and is a huge bomb, you subconsciously are like, it's probably not that good, I probably don't need to see it. But it's like, <laughs> oh no, like this is like a great fucking movie that just... And you watch it and you're like, well, it was the studio's fault for giving this guy $80 million to make this movie. This movie is not going to make a lot of money. It's a very thinky space movie. Um, <laughs> it does happen to have a slash return at the end, but it's mostly, like, moral questions about space travel. <laughs> um, but, no, I love that movie right. and I wanted to give it a shout-out. Of course. So, before we do our yeah. honorable mentions, yep. let's talk – let's – recap what we did here in this draft mm. uh we went 10 rounds and we did that on the fly because <laughs> we were only gonna go six uh so jake start us off yeah L- name your movies what did you draft spotlight boogie nights zodiac long shot arrival pulp fiction the talents of mr ripley constantine the nice guys sunshine great great draft there jess all right i have jurassic park the departed midnight in paris chef Black Swan, Gladiator, The Prince of Egypt, The Grand Budapest Hotel, The Adjustment Bureau, and Snowpiercer. We definitely got like a little, uh, a little uh, hot and spicy there in the last couple of rounds. You gotta get <laughs> spicy. You notice our picks. Uh, so, like my turn, I went with Creed, Ocean's Eleven, Anchorman, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, The Dark Knight, Before Sunset, The Bourne Ultimatum, The Matrix, Easy A. And waves. Mm-hmm. And now Dalbin. I went with Wedding Crashers, Just Mercy, Oceans 8, The Martian, Wind River, The Italian Job, The Prestige, Lucky Number 11, 13 Going on 30, and Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. What a wow. way to close out that draft. Yeah. <laughs> Lord of the Rings. 
so a couple of movies that I left on the board that I was like very close to mm-hmm. taking. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was very close. Another one was Her mm-hmm. with ScarJo and Chris Pratt, you know, the being the MCU people. Mm-hmm. And the other one was No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So those were the three kind of that I was like this close, yeah. but, you know, other movies yeah. came in the way. Uh, Jake, what were a couple so, movies you were close to? There were to? two that I had that I didn't pick because I had the same director. Uh, Django Unchained and Inherent Vice were the two mm. like that. Uh JFK, which is a movie that's crazy, but actually really good. Uh, Lincoln, which has Tommy Lee Jones, James Spader, Tim Blake Nelson, Lee Pace, Michael Stuhlbarg, and Walton Goggins. Uh, oh Prometheus, gosh. which I almost did. Prometheus? Just a, I almost lobbed in a grenade because I'm a Prometheus stan. I know that's a very divisive movie, but I didn't want to. No way. I don't love the movie. <laughs> I, I don't love the movie as much as some people do. I really, really like it. And I am on the pro side of that debate. Uh, Saving Private Ryan, which has Matt Damon, yeah. Vin Diesel, and uh, Nathan Fillion. Traffic. I, the one I almost picked last because it's such a junk masterpiece, but I couldn't really defend it, is Tombstone, which I fucking love. Uh, oh. And then one of the real grenade I wanted to throw, but I didn't... This is not what this is about. As Oscar Isaac, Lupita Nyong'o, Andy Serkis, and Benicio Del Toro, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. I almost yeah. threw it in there. Because I, <laughs> no, I am, I I was, am I very close. pro. I am a... Me too. As, almost as pro as you can get to that movie. But... Yep. It's almost like it's like you you can't bring that topic up unless that's what the whole pod's gonna be about. So I didn't do it. <laughs> exactly, we would have had an entire forty five minute yeah you can't do it. You conversation. <laughs> uh, Dalbine, what are some movies you came this close to drafting? Uh, so Hurt Locker mm-hmm. ah. with Anthony Mackie and Hawkeyes. Nice. <laughs> I left that one on the board. The Losers with Heimdall, the Gamora, and uh, Captain America. Another one from Captain America, Gifted, with Chris Evans and McKenna mm. Grace, who plays a young Captain yep, Marvel yep, in, yep. In, in, in Captain Marvel. Um, and I I came really, 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 really close to going A Beautiful Mind yes. with Paul Bettany and Jennifer Connelly. And Russell Crowe. And, and Russell Crowe. And, and Russell Crowe. And Zeus. <laughs> and Zeus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So those, those are some that I was like, man, I was like, I, I, I'm going gonna, gonna to put a pin in those and come back to those if we come back around. And Jess, how about you? So I was close to picking Dracula <laughs> with Anthony Hopkins and Richard E. Grant. Yeah. Nothing Dune. wrong with that. Yeah. Dune. I was close to picking Dune, mm-hmm. which had everybody like Zendaya, yeah. Dave Bautista, Josh Brolin, Stellan Skarsgård, Dunkirk with, uh, you know, James Darcy, Barry Keoghan, and Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. I was real. This is the closest I ever got was Elf. With Peter Billingsley, John Favreau, and Peter Dinklage, yeah. I was so oh. close to choosing Elf, in the spirit of like the season that's upon us. Um, and then there are some other superhero movies that I was like, "Is this even like okay to choose some of these?" So I didn't. Shazam was up there, and mm-hmm. I think so was Man of Steel. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> yeah. I have Logan as well. Logan. <laughs> The thing is, I would have vetoed Logan because Patrick Stewart plays the same character in the MCU. Right, but that, right. you know. Yeah. Whereas yeah, Shazam, exactly. well, Shazam is what? It's Zachary Levi and John Minhansu, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those two. Uh, a couple of others that were definitely left on the board. Uh, Rogue One. Yeah. Uh, Mads it. Mikkelsen, Ben Mendelsohn, yeah. Bruce Whitaker. Uh, Batman Returns, if we're going to go yeah. back, you know, yeah. Michael Keaton and Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Forty yeah. year old virgin is another one. There's some surprising on ones that you wouldn't think. I remember I was when we discussed this when you were visiting New York. I said that like you. I remember the example of the one that I thought was like the most I could find in a random movie was was a Kong Skull Island. I got yeah from. that has a it, bunch. No, it's, six. Yeah. it's 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 Sam yeah, Jackson, Sam Jackson, Brie Larson. Larson. Um, <laughs> Uh, Hiddleston. Hiddleston. Then you got Corey Hawkins is um, briefly in Iron Man 3. You got the ape is played by Terry Notary who plays, does motion capture. And then there's one more person oh who's in it God. too. Uh, oh, John C. Riley. So that's six. Yeah. Random, so there it's, you go. it's bizarre how so many movies have just a ton of people in them. The MCU has a lot of yeah. actors. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah it does. Six was the biggest that I could find on any movies. And I found it for three of them. Well, Kong is yeah. makes it four. But uh, I think no, they weren't all drafted. Uh, Spotlight was one. Yep. Uh, Dune. Yep. Uh, Kong Skull Island and the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yep. Like those were ones that had six people. Yeah. From the MCU in it, mm-hmm. which is pretty insane. Uh, and uh, the, Mar- the, the Martian. The Martian. Has oh, six. the Martian. You're right. The yeah. Martian does have yeah. six. I thought that had five, but yeah. Yeah. It does it's have Damon Chuatel, Donald Glover, Michael Pena, Sebastian Stan, Benedict Wong. Yep, that is, again, loaded cast. I was quite surprised no one took V for Vendetta with Natalie Portman and Hugo Weaving. Mm. Came close. Came close. Okay, <laughs> I was waiting for someone to say V for Vendetta. And then this I had in my back pocket because I really wanted to use it, but then I never did, was The Natural with Glenn Close and Robert Redford. Yeah. Yep. Ooh, I was like, yeah. of all movies, of to all To go that people, old, it's hard, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's one I, that yeah. counts yeah. that nobody took. Um, I'm not a big fan of it, but people swear by this movie, and it's Mad Max Fury Road. Oh yeah, I Tom Hardy like and Charlie that Starin. movie, which means that I am on the very low percent. Because yes, there are people who are religious about that movie, and I yes. just I like that movie. And it's hard to talk about a movie that people love that you just like because I have no problems with it. But also, I'm like I don't think it's the best movie of the 2010s. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, so uh, that's our list. Yeah, that is our draft. I'll tell you Guys. one thing. I um I almost chose an entire list made of bad movies, mm-hmm. and I decided against it at the last minute. I was gonna go like The Island mm-hmm. with ScarJo, <laughs> and uh, I think you want to talk about that. Yeah, movies. there's like really bad. I was gonna do like um he's just not that into you and Jumper and Men in Black International and like really bad movies. <laughs> really bad movies. I'm trying to think because oh I always say the movie I enjoyed watching the least of any movie I've ever seen, not the worst movie I've seen, is Sucker Punch. But I think that only has one. I don't think that counts. I think it's just Oscar yeah, Isaac. It's that is Oscar the movie that I am in, in the act of watching it was the least enjoyment I've ever had in watching a movie in my entire life. Is what I always say. <laughs> well, again, yeah, I've seen movies it's... that are worse, but yeah. But it's just not fun at all to watch. <laughs> all right. So uh, first off, I need to thank uh, first Dalbine. Yes. Thank you so much for coming onto the show. Uh, this was a really fun draft. I think my favorite pick of yours, it's either between The Prestige or The Lord of the Rings. Like those two. Well, then again, Wedding Crashers is one of my favorite comedies. So uh, the fact that you took it so early, like really changed the tone of like where I could <laughs> go in the draft. So uh, those were great picks. Uh, Jake from the MC University podcast, thank you so much. Oh, before I let you go, of course, Dalbine, where can we find you online? Anything to plug? Let us know right now. Yeah, I mean, first off, thank you guys for for having me on. I'm super appreciative. I always I tell Jake this all the time. I, I love the opportunities I get to talk to other nerds. <laughs> and so that's a so Jesse, you said like, oh, I'm, I'm yeah. a good company. You are. You're a good company. 
So then, you know, this, this is good. Um, you guys can follow me on Twitter at DA underscore Osario. Uh, I write for Murphy's Multiverse. I also write for uh, Badlands, which covers the Jets. Um, and then, yeah, you know, I just I have me back on because I had so many more movie things. Thank you so much for having having me. Thank on. you so much, Dalvin. And of course, Jake, where can we find you online? You can follow me at the Jake Christie. The podcast is Marvel Cinematic University. We cover everything the MCU and other stuff. We have a Patreon where we're going to start covering the Fast and Furious movies this month. Uh, I'm excited about oh that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, and we're now we, we're branching onto other social media just in case Twitter blows up. I we started TikTok, and of course, because as you can tell from listening to me, I'm very good at keeping my words to a minimum. So I put up my first one, which is I did I looked up how many Oscar winners are in the MCU and there's 71 of them and I went through all of them and I listed what they're nominated for in a very quick cut manner and it is a long video but it is stimulating because once again I am going through 71 people and it took me forever to edit so check it out uh because it yeah it was a lot of uh quick cutting my own voice which is a lot of fun it's a lot of fun to do to just watch yourself look into your web camera for like six hours it's fun to do perhaps (laughs) just yes respect Uh, (laughs) respect for sure uh and then here on our show you know you can find us online at always critic pod twitter facebook instagram tiktok we are on all the socials go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app we're on all of them spotify and apple go ahead and give us five stars there we also have a patreon as well you can find us at patreon.com slash always critic pod uh little as two dollars a month guys you can get as much content as we are putting out because we are putting out a lot of content. yes we are <laughs> and finally that is it that is yeah, our show we're done i'm rico and i'm jessica and this has been the always the critic podcast